0: My name is Maya. Welcome to Light On Living. This is my podcast that I put together for the people who live on Costa del Sol, but I'm open to listeners from all over. To be honest, when I first heard the news about the coronavirus and the isolation and um, slowing things down, one of my first thoughts was, oh, I will definitely have time to do something, to do some work on my podcast now. And here we are. Um, It's Thursday today, Thursday the 19th of March. I turned 36 years old nine days ago. And it feels like a lifetime ago with everything that's happened and maybe really everything that hasn't happened because a lot of this right now, the situation that we're going through, it just reminds me so much of the Vipassana meditations that those of you who know me know that I do every so often. Vipassana meditation is a 10-day silent meditation and it's not just silence. There's no phone, there's no reading, there's no music, there's no eye contact, there's no um, internal, external connection at all you're just with yourself and because of my experiences over four sessions or four um, four courses of vipassana I've learned a lot of things about how my mind works and when we are forced to slow down and we're no longer busy doing and interacting with other people and distracting ourselves then our minds take over a lot of what's going on right now is beyond our control just like most of life always was beyond our control Um, but suddenly we're becoming more aware of it and that loss of the illusion of control at least creates a sense of powerlessness and when we feel powerless we feel angry and we feel scared And when we feel scared, all of those old things that we haven't looked at come up to the surface. And so we start having fears of, you know, we want to say, oh, I'm scared because I don't know. But really we're scared because we have strange concepts in our heads about what could be going on that we don't get told about, whether there's you know, conspiracy theories or this or that. All of those things right now, none of them are known. And so I really wanted to record a podcast, but then I felt a little bit stuck because I don't know what I think about all of this. And I really have no advice that other people are not already giving. And so what I wanted to do was just to open up a conversation about truth and tell you that I don't know what's happening because I can only see my perspective and I don't know what's going to happen and I just don't know but what I do know is myself and that no matter what comes I want to be a good person, I want to have integrity, I want to live in a way that I can be proud of in my next life as well. I wanted to share a reading today from a book that I consider one of my Bibles. It's The Deeper Dimensions of Yoga by Joe Feuerstein, who's now dead, but was one of the greatest uh, yoga academics and world bridges, really, between the ancient Indian traditions of yoga and modern yoga as we practice it today. This is chapter 47, and the title of this chapter is The Power of Truth. Assuming everyone were to lie about everything all the time, could we as individuals and a society survive? The answer is a resounding no. For even if we were to convert in our heads every lie to its opposite, we would still not arrive at the truth in each and every case. Most of the time we would be guessing at the truth and clearly this would complicate our lives infinitely. More than that, one can think of any number of instances where telling lies would have fatal consequences for the other person and possibly even for ourselves. Truthfulness, on the contrary, is inherently life-enhancing. Not only does it simplify our interactions with one another, it is also enabling and dignifying For in sharing the truth with another person, we affirm that person's intrinsic worthiness. Above all, through truthfulness, we participate in truth itself. It will become clear what I mean by this. We can readily observe the chaotic effects of untruthfulness in daily life, especially among our leaders. Politics has become almost synonymous with lying and cheating. Big business is also an area where lying is considered expedient, lest the truth should require sounder ecological and other standards and hence lead to a reduction in profit. But lying may go even deeper than that. Two and a half millennia ago, the Greek philosopher Plato wondered in his republic whether one could contrive a noble lie that would carry enough conviction for a whole community. In fact, such a core lie, even though it might not be all that noble, is very much operative in our Western society. That lie is the disbelief, sorry, that lie is the belief spawned by scientific materialism that life is one-dimensional and that all talk about a higher reality is mere fantasy or wishful thinking. From this central lie springs an entire outlook on life that deprives us of our participation in higher dimensions of existence, and thus of our full human potential and dignity. For as long as we think and reinforce in each other the belief that we are mere meat bodies destined to vanish into oblivion at the hour of death, we are living a lie that diminishes us. Little wonder that truthfulness has traditionally been celebrated as the highest moral value and the foundation of all other virtues. Thus, in the Mahavarnirvana Tantra, composed several centuries ago, we find the following declaration. There is no virtue greater than truth. There is no sin greater than falsehood. Therefore, a mortal being should take refuge in truth with his entire self. Worship without truth is futile. Recitation, or japa, without truth is useless. Asceticism, or tapas, without truth is as unfruitful as the seed on barren soil. The nature of truth is the supreme absolute. Truth is the most asceticism. All actions should be rooted in truth. Nothing is superior to truth. This excerpt expresses a sentiment that once was global, but today is generally just a little bit more than a pretty saying. Spiritual traditions of the world, notably yoga, contain many poignant considerations to the nature of truth and truthfulness, which have lost none of their relevance today. For the traditional yogi, truthfulness is a manifestation of the absolute truth, which is the ultimate spiritual reality itself. That is to say, when we are truthful, we participate in some way in that ultimate truth. To be true means to respect, to adhere to, and even to commune with that reality. That is the power of truth. When we are being truthful, we are true to our higher divine or spiritual nature. The Sanskrit word for truthfulness is satya. Satya which is both etymologically and semantically related to sat, denoting that which is real or truly existent. We transmute a part of the cosmos, our immediate circumstance and life, into a piece of heaven. This is the general task of our spiritual work, to transform nature, our own as well as nature in general, and to make it conform to that which is ultimately real. Truthfulness is the moral foundation upon which the yoga practitioner can build his or her temple of spiritual discipline and conscious living. This is as true today as it was a thousand years ago. Truthfulness has many aspects. One above all is sincerity, which is absolutely essential on the spiritual path. As the great Hindu scriptures remind us, so long as we are prone to deception, self-deception... Dishonesty, pretense, hypocrisy and posturing. Our spiritual seeds will fall on barren soil. Lies are like quicksand sucking even our best endeavors into darkness. These thoughts may seem outlandish to our modern mind, which is so used to this wide variety of deception. We are so surrounded by pretense and lies from advertising to politics to our relationships. For many of us, truth is what is expedient in the moment. We have little white lies and large grey areas where neither truth nor falsehood reigns supreme. While there is something appropriate about having jettisoned the intolerant black and white outlook of an earlier era, since life is in fact a web of many colours, we tend to apply this newly found wisdom rather indiscriminately, usually in the hope of gaining personal advantage. There are occasions when it would be brutal to tell the truth, as when a young child is eagerly anticipating Santa Claus if you tell them Santa Claus doesn't exist. Presumably, it would be better not to indoctrinate children with this myth from the 6th century, which has since been highly commercialized. But there are many more occasions when telling the truth may hurt in the moment, but bring about wholeness in the long run as when we confess a transgression. Truthfulness, true truthfulness, takes courage and trust. Two qualities that call for what was once called the heroic disposition. Sincere practitioners of yoga are constantly challenged to bear the ultimate truth in mind and in heart. Yet our highest aspiration is sustained by those countless little truths that demand to be respected throughout the day. Yoga expects us to be heroes and heroines, none of the swashbuckling kind, but of the sort that go about our daily routine with integrity and in the knowledge that truthfulness is a great power and that it is integral to self-actualization and self-transcendence. All of these things that are not known, that are happening around us and some of them we don't see for ourselves, they are coming at us from screens, put us into a state of panic. And that state of panic triggers our ego into whatever age we were. When we felt that loss of control for probably the first time. I'm not going to say that I took this like a perfect stoic yogi and felt nothing. And those of you who know me know that I have chosen the rainbow path. Meaning I feel all of my emotions. And I trust them. And I felt angry and scared. And I felt a lot of loss about all these things that are changing and taken away from me, like my freedom to just move around and go where I want to go. And it wasn't until I reached out to Carlos, my husband, and I said, "Okay, you need to just hold me now and I need to just cry about this. And I said, I'm crying because I'm scared, because I don't know What's coming, but I'm scared of so many things that could all be so bad if they happened. And when I cried, I gave, without knowing it, permission for him to cry. And he told me he's scared too. And that, for me, was my healing moment in all of this. And I know that there's more that are coming because it's not over yet. And some people say it's only just started. But what we're learning during this time I really hope that you will listen to yourself to your fears to all of the thoughts that come in your mind because they're there for a reason and not just distract yourself or push them away because every time you do that they're going to get stronger because just like that child that was ignored they really need you to hear them I didn't know if I should record an episode and not be able to tell everybody, hey, it's okay, you know, like I can see the future and in seven days it will all blow over and we can sing Kumbaya and hug each other and make s'mores on the beach. I mean, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what anybody else is doing. But the truth is that I never did. And most of the time, to be honest, I don't even have control over myself. And that's okay. That's okay. And I feel grateful for you for listening. And I'm excited for us for what we're learning and discovering during this time. I wanted to just end with a little story and I don't remember who told me this story or where I heard it, but it's an old story that came to me earlier this morning and so I wanted to share it. So they found a man inside, you know, in um, big restaurants, they have those fridge rooms and they're like, you know, with a door that you close from the outside and it's like a big, big, big fridge. Well this guy he was he got accidentally got locked in one of those fridges overnight but he thought that he was in the freezer so in his mind he was starting to tell himself i'm freezing to death i'm freezing to death and when they found him the next morning he was dead But the space he was in was never more than or never less than four degrees Celsius, which is not cold enough for you to freeze to death. And he'd written even on the wall, um, I don't remember what he'd used, but he'd written a message, you know, I love my family, it's so cold, something like that. And so the belief in his mind that this room was freezing had the effect on his body That he froze to death. And I remember that story this morning because I really feel that more than anything else, what we believe to be true is what will be, at least in that moment. So for today, consider truth, consider your truth. And consider for yourself if it's better to break free of some illusions and to come to terms with what is real on this journey. Would you rather have it happen now or continue living in falsehood? Sending a lot of love to all my friends, everybody who took the time to listen. Thank you so much. If you need to talk... If you need somebody who's calm, (laughs) fairly grounded, let me know. I have time um, and I don't mean for you to be dealing with this all by yourself. We are all in this together and isn't that a truth?